You're listening to InsuranceRadio.com. We sit down for personal conversations with the top insurance and financial advisors, executives, and regulators. Listen in to learn more about their ideas and personal stories at InsuranceRadio.com. This podcast is brought to you by AD Banker & Company, an approved CE education provider for nearly every insurance and financial advisory firm in the U.S. When your next CE deadline rolls around, click on ADBanker.com. If you don't see our name on your preferred provider list, call your home office and ask them to add us. ADBanker.com. Troy Korsgaden has won every production and quality service award offered by the Farmers Insurance Group, including the 2011 Commercial Agent of the Year Award. He has been a Farmers Insurance President's Council member for 21 consecutive years, which is an elite honor accomplished by less than one-half of 1% of all farmers' agents within the United States. Among his myriad of awards includes first-ever agent recipient of the Lifetime Achievement Award from Farmers, perennial million-dollar roundtable qualifier, three-time recipient of the Agent of the Year and winner of the Small Business of the Year Award in Visalia, California. The Korsgaden Jansma Insurance Agency is co-owned with his sister, Sharon Jansma. This dynamic brother and sister team strives to be the best insurance agency in Tulare County, California. Troy is also an international insurance industry speaker, agency trainer, agency consultant, as well as the author of several insurance how-to books. Please welcome to our program, Troy Korsgaden. Troy, uh, thank you for meeting with me today. Uh, hey, now we're meeting here at your uh, uh, loft above your restaurant, uh, Crawdaddy's, in downtown Main Street, uh, Visalia, California. It's great to be here. I'm really pleased to be with you today. Thanks for agreeing to meet with me. And uh, you've got an interesting story. You know, what all? What brought you to Visalia, and how well, do you set down roots up here? You know, that's a really great question. I got to tell you, my dad uh, and my mom moved us here to Visalia. Uh, They were from Southern California. My dad was originally from uh, Minnesota, moved to California to be in the service. When he got out of the service, met my mom, and they they moved us here to this, what was a sleepy little town called Visalia, about 25, 28,000 people at the time. And uh, unfortunately, my dad passed away about six months after we moved here. But my mom, you know, really uh, laid down some roots here and raised us all here. And it's just been a great place to live. Is there still a clan of uh, Korsgadens uh, up in Minnesota? Yeah, there still is, actually. Yeah, they were uh, farmers back then. And I still have some aunts and uncles back there and other relatives that still live in Fergus Falls, Minnesota. Now, a little earlier, we were talking and you mentioned your dad was a barber. Yeah. uh, And your mother worked at the DMV. Yeah. So my dad uh, was in the service and uh, in the service, he learned how to cut hair. And so when he got out of the service, it just seemed natural. We had some other family members in the same business. And, uh, but, you know, he wanted to get into a smaller type of community. So coming from the LA area, wanted to get into a, this is a farming community, small at the time. It's grown since then. Uh, when my dad passed away, we were really fortunate because my dad had purchased life insurance uh, not too long before he passed away in a car accident. And uh, my mom was able to be at home with us all when we were really young. And as we got into high school, she worked part time and the life insurance really allowed her to raise us up until she went to work full time for the DMV, the Department of Motor Vehicles here in Visaya. And then uh, after she retired from there, she actually came to work in our insurance agency and still works there today. 
Now, we're meeting, of course, above uh, your restaurant, uh, Crawdaddy's. Is that, is that a family business as well? It is. My brother uh, is co-owner and runs it. Uh, I've got a loft up here above it. Uh, we use it for things like this. We use it for meetings. We use it to do fundraising. And then, yeah, every once in a while, we like to stay down here because it's just really nice to eat a meal, come up and watch TV and go to bed. But a couple times a month we stay here. But we use it, you know, mostly for social. Well, that's interesting because you've got an agency, a very successful agency, which was Thank what you. brought uh, you to my attention uh, here in Visalia, and, and you own that with your sister. Yeah, my sister Sharon Jansma. Her husband, Mike Jansma, is, uh, runs our commercial department. Uh, the agency has grown tremendously and effective in 2013. Sharon became a true partner in the agency. I've always considered her a partner, but uh, on paper, she's co-owner of the agency. And it's been a great brother and sister team for many years. And a lot of our other family members, her husband, her kids work in the agency. One of my daughters works there. So it's, you could say it's a family business. You know, when a, a guy goes off to college and uh, gets an education, uh, don't necessarily think about getting in the insurance business. What caused you to get in the insurance business? What got you started? Well, I was one of those guys that uh, I didn't go to college, believe it or not. I went a little bit, uh, had a very short attention span. Uh, I was or thought I was a musician and uh, got to see when I moved to Southern California early on that uh, I wasn't uh, that good at what I did. So I moved back to Visay. I had the good fortune of meeting a man named Jay Green, who was my district manager. He hired me and uh, really put me under his wing. In fact, we were just talking about him a few minutes ago, some gentlemen downstairs that knew him really well. And uh, he just was a great manager and just took me through those formidable years and got me to where I need to be. And now uh, when you started your agency, were you here in Visalia? Yeah. I liked a kid. Uh, I lucked out when I first started with Jay and the Farmers Insurance Group. Uh, they gave me a big old book of business called the phone book, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and uh, I know what it's like to scratch out an agency. Um, I kid about it, but I think there's real value in scratching out your agency because you get to know the value of a client. And from client one to today, you know, we went from zero employees. I was working by myself. I did everything to today. Sharon and I have 22 employees and we have a full one-stop shop for the clients when they come in. And in a town like Visaya, that's unique. And so I think that's one of our, call it our secret sauce, if you yeah. will. Well, tell me about what was your first client? Uh, what was the first sale you ever made in the insurance business? You know, I, I tell you, I love that question. And the reason is I went out to see this woman. And uh, at that time, Jay used to tell me, he says, kid, you know, if you call everybody in this phone book, and you find out where they have their insurance and when it expires. When it does expire, you can call them up and ask them if you can give them a quote. And then if uh, you get the opportunity to quote them, if you give enough presentations with those quotes, I guarantee you, you'll sell something. And I believed them. And man, I got on the phone right away and I just started ex-dating to find out when people's insurance expired. And my first appointment, I'll never forget it like it was yesterday. I'm sitting in the woman's living room and I'm giving her a presentation on auto. And at that time we sold really low liability limits. I didn't understand the real principles of insurance at that time. And I said, first you got your BI and your PD. And I knew what that was because I'd been to the class the night before. And uh, when I got to uninsured motorists, I says, and then you got your UM. 
And I didn't know what that was because I hadn't gone over that in the class yet. So I said, can I use your phone? And embarrassingly, I went over and I dialed Jay. She had one of the rotary phones on the wall and I picked it up and I called him. He was eating dinner. And I says, Jay, I got a woman here and she wants to know what UM is. And he says, well, tell her it's uninsured motorists and she needs it. And I screamed out, well, hey, Jay says you need that coverage. And she felt so sorry for me. I think she filled the application out for me. I call it the pity close, but she was a really nice lady and she made it easy for me. And the next time I went out on an appointment, I knew what uninsured motorist was. So it got a little easier. And after a while, I came up with the saying that they can only ask you so many questions, right? Because after a while, I'd heard them all and I knew the answer to them and I sold more and more. And, you know, that's my first client. What do you think, uh, you know, new guys come into the business, guys and gals come into the business today, what's one of the biggest challenges they face, uh, you know, when they're starting out in a new agency? So there are certain things that always remain the same, right? It's people business. I think it's about relationships, but relationships have changed, right? So I'm, I'm really excited about being an agent today. People say, well, why don't you just go ahead and get out altogether? You could retire. You got enough money. I say, well, hey, this is the most exciting time I've ever been in in insurance. And I've trained thousands of agencies. I've owned my own agency. I still own it today, but I'm more excited about it today. And the reason is because today with technology, you can be bigger and faster and stronger and you can do the things you need to do, but you can't just depend on technology and you just can't depend on face-to-face. You got to do it all. So what's changed? The relationships remain the same, but the way you create the relationship, the way you maintain the relationship and keep it ongoing, technology really has a lot to do with that. So a lot of my focus in the agency and also in training agents and carriers is to show them how they can use these latest tools, we call them, to be able to deepen the relationship with the client and not only sell them a policy, but you know, give that consultative sale to them and help them with their entire package, but sell more products in each household we serve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you've not only been an award-winning uh, agent with uh, your company, but you've obviously had conversations with literally hundreds of other successful agents. You know, what are, if you could zero in on the one or two or three common characteristics that you're always going to find in a producer that, that grows and, and, and uh, ends up at the top. Sure. You know, one of the things, and we study agents, because I've, I've, I've had the good fortune of speaking to, from the platform, over a couple hundred thousand agents, you know, and brokers and staff included. And I, li- I love staff. I love producers. I love agents and brokers. But I got to tell you, that one DNA that you're talking about, it's that person, number one, that puts the client first. And today, you know, that used to be a slogan. Today, if you're not putting the client first, you're not going to be successful. There's just no hiding it. Everybody knows it. You got to put the client first. You got to provide them something that's different. And they recognize that because if you're selling apples to apples all the time, there's just too much competition out there, too much information they can get when and however they want to get it. So that success DNA is really holding people's hand through the maze of madness with technology, in person, offering services. We call it specialization services that sometimes don't even have anything to do with insurance, but really being that person that they think about when they need somebody to help them hold their hand or to be there as a discussion partner. 
Now you travel quite a little. Uh, I understand you're on the speaking circuit and how do you balance your, your travel and your speaking with uh, your being back at the agency and, and uh, staying on top of the day-to-day things going on back there? So I make no bones about it. I, you know, my secret sauce and being able to do a lot of multiple things is not necessarily skill. It's having the right people. So the first thing I do is, you know, I honor my sister. She's a, a better agent, a better manager. Uh, I'm a great visionary. I'm great at looking out to where the trends are going, uh, creating marketing plans, creating strategies to onboard agents and staff and producers and account executives. But Sharon really is. She provided me the opportunity to have that balance to where I could travel And I got in front of so many people because I knew back home everything was still working. We put a lot of systems into place. Mm -hmm. Systems are one of the major keys to success. What is a system? It's a repeatable process, something that happens every day. So we would come up with a system, whether it be in quoting, whether it be in marketing, whether it be in claims handling, and we would create these continuity books to make sure that even if I weren't in the office or today, Sharon happened to not be able to be in the office today. Something came up unexpectedly. It was very important, but she didn't stress out about it because today there's somebody sitting in her chair and in her chair, there are certain systems that have to happen. And that person is responsible for sitting in the chair to make sure they happen. It's not the person that's more important than the positions that you create as the saying goes. If you, uh, you know, you, you meet a lot of people, what's some of the misconceptions you come across out there as you're talking to producers uh, where, and you can kind of hear it in their voice or you can hear it in their practices, some things that you often see being repeated uh, to uh, their peril? Yeah. So, you know, one of the things I, I used to say, and wrongly, you know, I've written three books, I got a fourth one coming out, but... I've written three books on all the good stuff we've done, and I've done a lot of great stuff, but I could have written 21 books on all the stupid things I've done. One of them was I had this thought process that said, you got to work smart, and that's all you got to do. And the truth is, years into it, it took me many, many years for the light bulb to go off. You got to work hard, and you earn the right to get where you're at. You got to earn it. And today, so many people, and I'm not talking young people, I'm not talking people that have been in the business 20 or 30 years, but just so many people in general, men, women, doesn't matter who they are, they just want the money before they earn the right to get that money. And we've been successful. We live a good life. You know, we're not the richest people you've met, but we're very comfortable. We do well. We've got a great business that I guarantee you when both Sharon and I are gone and Mike's gone and my mom who works in the agency's 83 as the bookkeeper is gone, when we're all gone, that business will still keep going. And I, I just got to tell you, these folks that come in today or that are already in the business are going, well, I could do this if I had all your policies. We've got over 10,000 policies. You know, we've got huge premium. We're big in commercial and health insurance. And they go, if I had all that, I could do these things too. But the truth is, I started out as a scratch agent, and it was one employee at a time. Did every employee I hire work out? And the answer is no. I like to kid. I hired some freaks, man. I mean, some real live freaks. And it was me that was, you know, you attract what you are. So you got to work harder on yourself. And a lot of folks today, they just don't get that. They just want the money before they put in the effort. Yeah. And so that's yeah. the downfall for a lot of them. Not everybody, but a lot. Yeah. 
Well, you, you've written, uh, not only have you written some music uh, you're, you shared with me, but also written a few books. Uh, where do you find uh, the time and where's your favorite place to go find a quiet place to, to write and do your writing? So I love it up here. I mean, this is, you know, if, if you ever come to Visalia, uh, folks, when you're listening to this, look me up. Uh, we got folks that come from around the United States, in fact, around the world, if you will. And we invite them up here because it's just a quiet place. Now, you can hear some road noise going by once in a while because we're three stories up. And uh, But overall, it's a quiet place. It's very comfortable. You feel comfortable up here. It's open. It's a loft area. So I like to be here. But we have a cabin, too. I love the cabin because the big redwood trees are an hour and a half away from us. And that's where our cabin is. And I like that air. I like to walk and I like to think. Um, this last book I did, I did differently than I've done the others. I've done three books and a workbook. They were all done through a long series period of time. This one was done in a two, three month period. And I wrote it backwards from the other ones that I wrote. So I'm, I'm, I'm open to changing. Um, and, and environment has a lot to do with being able to make change, if you will. Um, but I like to get to a place, not that's necessarily quiet, but where I can open my mind up. For the books that you've written, uh, who would be the, the, the people that would most benefit by uh, picking one up and uh, taking a read? So I've had great fortune in that my audience is really broad. Uh, everything from carrier executives, CEOs, presidents, uh, territorial managers, district managers. Um, it's written from the perspective of being on the street. And then being able to be behind the curtain in a corporation that's 19, 20, 30, 40 billion dollars and seeing what the future looks like for them and seeing how it's going to fit for me back here in Visalia on the street. So I get the best of both worlds, if you will. And then when I write, if I was writing for someone, I would say it was written for the distribution system that's the storefront in the local community. Could be my dad's hometown of Fergus Falls, Minnesota. Could be Little Rock, Arkansas. Could be San Francisco or L.A. or New York City. I've been to all of them. I'll tell you this. I just told you before we got started, I just got back from the Bahamas. And these folks, are. there were 17 islanders there. They're all in insurance. Same questions as they ask when I'm in California or, or Arkansas. Same questions as New York City. Um, it doesn't matter whether you're in Canada or whether you're in the Bahamas. People ask the same questions. How do I grow my business? How can I be more profitable? And I think it really boils down to three things. How can I make more money, have more fun, and more importantly, how can I have less stress in my life? And now that I've gotten all the way to 30 plus years, now I'm, I'm focusing more and more on less stress. I want peace in my life. And this business affords me to be able to do it. All I got to do is work the business the right way, pay attention, and I can make the business work for me however I want it to work. Troy, before we wrap up uh, here this afternoon, I've got a couple personal questions sure. so that our listeners can understand a little sure. more about you. And that is uh, your, your dad. What was some advice that uh, maybe you or, or uh, example or advice that he gave to you that you find that you've carried through even today? So my dad died when I was young. I have a few memories of him. I uh, know a lot about him, obviously, from my family and whatnot, but um, my dad was a salesman. He was uh, uh, the kind of a person that was likable. Um, I'm, I'm a likable guy. You know, I'm sure that that 
carried on through my genes. My mom and I were talking about it the other day. He was a salesman. He was a barber, but he, you know, everybody's in sales, right? And I tell my kids this all the time. I've got older kids. I've got a little girl that I've adopted and she's now uh, seven years old. But, you know, it really is about creating relationships and a bond with people and people buy from people they know and trust. So I would say if, if I had one thing that my dad had, that would be it. If I had one thing that my mom has and in my newest book, Success, Success and Sanity, um, it, it would be that my mom had a real foundation, a real character and uh, really loved her family. And she was all about having peace in her life. And so now I look at that and that's the biggest strength that comes from her. So you get it from both parents, I think. Yeah. And you've adopted, uh, even adopted a child here, what, six, seven years ago? That's about, she was nine months old. She's seven years old now. Her name is Lauren. Just the greatest joy for our entire family. She's kind of the glue that puts it all together. Great kid. Yeah. If, uh, for our listeners, what would be the, uh, the common core principles that you live by? Maybe just a couple of things that you think about every morning when you drink your cup of coffee and you're getting in the car and ready to head out. What are a couple of things that you remind yourself uh, that you want to live for or do today to, to, to guide you uh, forward? Well, you've hit me at the right time uh, because that wouldn't have been a great question for me before. I'm not, I'm not the guy that you would uh, get up to want to preach to you at church, not because I'm not a believer or not a great guy. I'm a great guy. Uh, but early in my life, I was a fast mover. Uh, if anything, I made decisions too quickly. I moved too fast. It was it helped me be successful. But looking back, I could have been more well-rounded. I uh, made a lot of bad decisions uh, because I drank a lot when I was younger. I don't drink now. When I get up in the morning, I walk every day. I wish I could go back and have had that habit of exercising earlier in my life. Uh, but hey, it's never too late, right? So this morning, uh, while you were in your car, I was out walking at 4.40 in the morning, and I'll walk three to five miles every day. I'll walk for an hour minimum, up to maybe two hours. It just depends on how early I get out the door. Uh, so I would say for people, no matter what age, but let's just talk about young folks, because I the light bulb didn't go on quick enough for me. Uh, take care of yourself. Number one, I'm lucky I'm still in good health. Uh, my family's all in good health. Uh, but take care of yourself. Have peripheral vision. Uh, don't just look at one thing. Don't be single-minded, but you want to be have a goal, and you want to be focused on that goal, but you also want to take in everything that's going on around you because life's exciting. Troy, it's been wonderful to sit down and visit with you and hear your story and your background. Thank you so much for being on our program. You betcha. Oh, hi, you're still here. Say, if you are interested in reaching thousands of licensed insurance producers across the country, why not consider sponsoring a guest podcast? If you had sponsored this episode, we would be telling thousands of listeners daily about you and your company. Find our contact information to request prices and availability at insuranceradio.com.